Welcome to episode seven of Their Voices podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Colleen. On today's show, we will hear from George Hall, a young genealogist based in West Yorkshire, United Kingdom. George tells us the story of his five times great grandfather, William Dale. Take it away, George. Today, I'd like to talk to you about my five times great grandfather, William Dale. His story is quite an interesting one. To me, it was the first ancestor that I used a different site than Ancestry to research. Just that was quite interesting to me because I realised that I needed to look at a more range of records relating to my ancestors and it wasn't necessarily going to be easy for me to see. And uh, it's just a really interesting story in life. It's one that's filled with a lot of tragedy, a lot of disease, a lot of death, but also success. And the way he turns around his life and the edge of mystery that is still behind his life, to me, certainly intrigues me at least. To begin with his story, obviously we have to start with his parents. His dad was John Dale, who was born on the 1st of April 1762 in the city of York, and his mum, Anne Hincliffe, who was born the 14th of March 1763 in the same city. They married at uh, St Michael of Belfry's Church in York on the 24th of February 1783. Soon, a daughter followed, quite quickly, I should add, mm, a bit too quickly, born on the 14th of September 1783. She was called Sarah, and she was baptised on the 16th of September at the same church they got married at. This was sort of their family church, probably the closest church to where they were living. People, especially Mansers, didn't really like to travel that far. 1783 was also quite an interesting year for John Dale, just generally, because a lot of things happened to him. Quite positive things really, he got married, he had a daughter and he was admitted as a freeman of the city of York. His claim was via birthright because he was the son of William Dale, who was a freeman himself. His claim to be a freeman was for his father Thomas Dale. Now William and Thomas were both card winners. There is no record of the nature of Thomas's claim, although it probably wasn't a free birthright. Now if you're wondering what a freeman of the city of York was, well, the freeman was sort of like important in the governing the the city of York up to the mid-1830s. And there were quite, uh, well, there were lots of benefits to be a freeman. Some of them, uh, just sort of from uh, York City Council, I believe, I found this, was some source for this information. Well, the freeman had the important role of controlling trade, uh, they had rights of pasture, and they also had uh, rights to the city strays. And the strays of York is sort of a collective term for four areas of open land, and it comprises up to about 3.2 kilometres squared. Obviously that gave, you know, the men that were freemen, or women as well, uh, a more influential role in the city, and that's an interesting thing, especially because John Dale himself, as far as I can tell, obviously, from the records, and there isn't necessarily a great deal apart from the burial, the marriage, baptism, he wasn't necessarily the most important guy. So his occupation, it does seem to vary a little bit, as on his actual Freeman claim, he's down as a labourer, and on William Dale's Freeman claim, a little bit of a spoiler there, he's also down as a, uh, a labourer. But it, from all the uh, parish records, he's always down as a chase driver. Now, if you're wondering what a chase driver is, and I got this from a, a great website uh, for old occupation, it's the Hall Genealogy website, old occupation name section. A chase driver is a person who drove a chase, which is a two-wheeled open horse-drawn carriage for one or two persons. 
Now, obviously, you can see that he would come into contact with a lot of people at job and not necessarily the greatest people, people that carry disease. And you can see where this is going. Now, back to Sarah Dale, his uh, first daughter. Well, there is some sort of irony in this. She dies of smallpox in Petergate on the 22nd of September, 1785, at the age of two years. The day after, on the 23rd of September, 1785, she's buried at St Mary's Churchyard. The level of irony in this death is that I actually had a second daughter born on the same day Sarah died. This daughter was also named Sarah, probably after Sarah herself. So that I was assuming from that it would seem that Sarah died just before her sister was born. But that's not necessarily true. They might have just not come up with the name yet. Sarah Dale uh, the second, if you like, also dies within a few months of her birth and is buried in the same churchyard. But she dies with a whooping cough this time, or some sort of equivalent of that. Now, William Dale, the subject of this podcast, was born the third child. He was born on the 3rd of February, 1787. He was baptised at the, uh, the sort of family church on the 23rd of April, 1787. And soon after that, he has a sister. Uh, well, the first sister he will have ever come into contact with, if you like. Anne Dale, who was born on the 22nd of September 1789 and she was baptised the 4th of November at the same church. Now, this is when the Williamsdale life takes a turn for, well, more than a turn, it really, it must have been flipped on its head. At the age of nine, his father passed away uh, due to consumption or TB on the 6th of November 1796. He was 34 years old. He was buried three days later on the 9th of November at St Mary's Churchyard. To make things worse, six months and one days after the death of his father, his mother Anne dies, also aged 34, of the same uh, disease. This The date of that was the 7th of May 1797 and she was also buried three days after her death on the 10th of May at the same churchyard. There is a bit of a gap here. Because there's no census records, there's absolutely nothing really to go by up until William Dale's marriage and Freeman claim. So from this period, I do not know what is happening to William Dale. He's effectively not around. He probably, I would have thought, would have gone to live with extended family or potentially uh, come into uh, care in the local parish, maybe. There's lots of possibilities for him. Now, his sister Anne, I also do not know much about at all, apart from her birth. And baptism details that I shared with you already. There isn't anything to a reliable extent I can prove about her. I'd say it's, it's reasonable to say that she did get married and probably lived a, a happy life, I'd like to think at least. But I cannot prove really a marriage. There are Andales that get married around the right time. But there's nothing in them records to say there's our Andale here. There isn't a burial record for her, as a, well, at least up until she was about 20. So, this is that at least, and she probably did go and live with wherever William was living, or they might have got separated if they uh, came under the care of the parish. But I do not know, sadly. And I do not want to be changing reality to fit my purposes, so Andale's story ends there, in a way. Now, as I said, there was a, there's a big gap now, and the next record William Dale appears in is his Freeman claim, which was pretty... 
a key bit of evidence proving that his parents were his parents and thankfully he was a freeman because of that because it also gives us uh, access to an original copy well not an original copy in the baptism register but an extract provided from around the time to prove that he was the son of john now the freeman claim uh, says that he was residing in, in the parish of St Martin Cooney Street. Now, I haven't been able to find any links to the extended family in that parish, but I haven't really looked that much. Still up in the air around his grandparents and stuff, and it's, it's quite interesting, but there's a lot of unanswered questions on that side, so potentially in the future we could work out who he could have been living with. He also sort of, I think, appears in some militia lists, but I'm unclear if it is him that appears in these lists. He doesn't seem to have actually been serving i think he appeared not to serve but I, I i can't really prove that this was him either but it's a possibility that that was a reference to him now back to his freeman's claim he was also a headdresser by this point which is occupation but what's interesting is he never appears as an apprentice which are typical of my ancestors in the city of york at the time no matter what occupation they really were an apprentice to someone and considering a hairdresser was one well more more of an occupation that you you'd think needed training or some sort of qualification to do and it applies i suppose to the modern world as well so it's quite interesting that there isn't an apprenticeship record could just be that it was destroyed i guess or it could just be that he naturally had a talent for hairdressing and he was quite a successful hairdresser so that could just be true and it was just pure coincidence that he found that and he didn't need an apprentice he just felt lucky managed to get some sort of investment and open up a shop or something Again, I don't know none of the details of his occupation, this is pure speculation. But it's just quite interesting to me that he was an apprentice. He seems to go against all the odds by becoming a hairdresser, getting a trade, an occupation, which especially in the city is an important one. The actual date he was admitted as a freeman was the 12th of February 1811, and his dad, John Dale, was uh, obviously described as late and a labourer. Things uh, turn a little bit cheerier for William on the 30th of March 1812 when he marries uh, Mary Perry who herself uh, experienced loss by her mother dying of consumption at a very young age her father was all around and her father's another man and another interesting man but he married Mary Perry on the 13th of March 1812 at St John's Church in York but the bans of marriage were published uh, just in March of that year, and he was described as a hairdresser of this uh, parish of St. Martin Cooney Street as well. This is interesting. It's not soon after marriage they have kids, and I'm wondering if I'm potentially missing some kids that died. So that's a possibility, as sometimes they're quite hard to search up in burial registers without manually scrolling through every single page. But I also don't necessarily know where they lived because they end up living in a completely different parish so it's possible they could have knit between parishes but the first uh, child that i know lives to adulthood and have proven is uh, elizabeth dale she was born well she was baptized in the month of january 185 in the year 1815 uh, then they had emma in 1817 i haven't been able to find a baptism for her interestingly but she was born approximately 1817 the, then John Dale, who's an interesting character and becomes very important in the city in his later life, probably named after his uh, paternal grandfather, which to me is a level of irony that we go from a man dying. Then William, my uh, four times great grandfather, William Dale, uh, was born and baptised in March 1821. 
Then Jane, another child, was born and baptised in June 1823. And then uh, Sarah Dale, the final child I've proven, uh, was born and baptised March 1826. By this point, the family from the first child, Elizabeth, that I mentioned, they were living in Jubbergate, which is a sort of area in the city of York, sort of a street. And he would reside here up until his death. He never left Jubbergate. From this point onwards, from 1815, the earliest record that mentioned him living in Jubbergate, he lived in Jubbergate. He does end up owning a shop uh, on Jubbergate, so this is where he lived and owned his hairdressing shop. Now, I don't necessarily know when the shop opened, uh, so like I said before, I don't know anything particular about his career as a hairdresser apart from the fact he ended up having a shop he ended up having a shop it was called William Dale hairdressers and then when his son John became a hairdresser as well it was William Dale and Sons now he actually voted uh, this was published in the Yorkshire Gazette on the 27th of September 1838 I believe it was a local parish sort of matter election or something he voted W which stood for objection objection withdrawn and he was res residing in a freehold house in Jubbergate. So that's a little bit more about him. He seemed to also be active politically. I mean, there isn't much evidence that he specifically was, but the family as a whole was, and he's here voting, so he also must have had some property behind him. Uh, he also seemed to be involved in, and I still haven't really found out enough details about this, and I have tried to research it, but he seems to be donating money to the local prison. And I don't particularly know why he's doing this. He donated at one point. Uh, this was from the 23rd of June to 1841 to the 10th of February 1842. He donated £1, 9 shillings and 1 pence. Again, I don't know why he donated this money. I suppose it was potentially because he believed in the cause of making the prison at least more suitable for uh, its uh, inhabitants. Tragedy struck again. His wife... Mary Dale died in November 1831 and was buried in All Saints Churchyard. By 1841, things had changed. He, as I mentioned before, was donating money to the local prison. His son, John, joined the shop, which was interesting. Uh, it was around the time of 1841 that he joins the shop. And the shop becomes known, as I said, as William Dale and Sons. Addresses. His uh, son, William Dale, was not residing with him uh, in 1841. He's my third great-granddad, as I said before. He was an apprentice printer. Now, it's interesting, he was sort of living by himself with a relatively young girl. I don't really know what's going on with that. I'd assume it was something to do with his apprenticeship, but he was training to be a printer. And he would later probably work for the York Herald. So, again, that's not ne he wasn't necessarily the most uh, affluent child, and certainly not the most influential child, but... His children managed to get something from life. In 1841, uh, Elizabeth Dale's working as a bonnet maker, Emma was working as a dressmaker, and John a hairdresser, as said, with his dad. Uh, daughters uh, Jane and Sarah remained at home, but they weren't working. They were only 17 and 15 years. He himself was continuing to work as a hairdresser, and the family resided in Jubbergate. This is quite typical. He never necess he never moved about. He, he sort of stayed where he was. Sadly, though, things do have to come to an end for our William Dale, and they do. 
He died on the 13th of July, 1842, in Jubbergate. Where else would he die? He lived there most of his life. That Jubbergate itself was in the parish of St. Peter the Little, if that's any in, in, interest to anyone. His death certificate reads the following. As I said, the uh, date and place of death, and his name, William Dale, is 57 years old, according to the death certificate at death. He was actually 55 years, but it's quite common for a couple of years to be lost, especially considering that he was orphaned. He wouldn't have necessarily known much about himself. Uh, his occupation was listed as a hairdresser, as we know. His cause of death was inflammation of the bowels. Uh, this could be really down to a number of things. Uh, it could have down to unsanitary living conditions. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean because he was a success that he had wealth. So it really could just be anything that. But you can imply from inflammation to bowels what it was. John Dale was present at his death. That's his son, we can assume. There's no direct evidence of the relationship on the death certificate. So this could be another John Dale in the family. But I would say it's more likely to be his son. And he's, this John Dale's listed as residing in Jubbergate. So again, that's pretty strong evidence that this is John Dale, the son that is registered in his father's death. Now, the actual date of registration was the 16th of July, 1842. And on that date as well, in the Yorkshire Gazette, a death notice is published for William Dale. The death notice reads the following. On Wednesday, the 13th of July, after a short but severe illness, born with great patience and resignation in his 57th year, Mr. William Dale, hairdresser of Jubbergate in this city, he was a man much and deservedly respected. I haven't ever come across that in the death notice. There's specifically the last sentence, which I'll repeat. He was a man much deservedly respected. I've never come across that before. Not even in any of the death notice of the more richer ancestors. They really have anything like that. To me, this proves and justifies, I think, to an extent, my fascination to him. Because he was a man that had a name. There was some clout behind his name. And he wasn't even the most important figure in the city, but he held influence. He had a tragic background, had nothing for a childhood. It still remains a mystery what his childhood was. But here he is, his death notice. The newspaper saying he was a man much undeservedly respected. What's interesting, and I don't have the article to hand, but one of his granddaughter's uh, marriage notices actually says that she was the granddaughter of the late William Dale of the city. Again, I haven't ever come across that before. To me, that's also proving that he did have a lot of clout influence behind him that they wanted to claim that he was her grandfather or it could just be just sort of maybe there were a couple of people of that name in the city and they just wanted to sort of say who it was i don't know i hope i'm not reading too much into this but it is something i'd like to think that he actually was respected this wasn't just a thing they said he was buried at all saints church on the 15th of july 1842 and that's when his story ends but his legacy continues, and I, I've, I've said a lot across this uh, episode. His children seem to do all right. None of them die in infancy, and they all get married off. I haven't necessarily researched all of them, but the two I researched, my third great-granddad, William Dale, he lives a successful life. He dies in August 1883. Uh, suddenly, I need to actually order his death certificate to find out what he died of, but he ended up working for the York Herald, and sadly, he was buried in a public grave, uh, but that is the end of William Dale. As for John Dale, he became the sword bearer and uh, mace bearer of the city of York, as I've said. He has uh, huge obituaries published in newspapers, a newspaper article uh, 
celebrating his golden wedding anniversary and there's a picture of him I have and he has this long flowing white beard and the newspaper articles love to mention his long flowing white beard. To me it's so interesting that John Dale, who probably took the name of his grandfather who died so tragically and so young, managed to become this important figure in York. To me that is quite interesting and is one of the reasons I am so attracted to the Dale story in general. That is the story of William Dale pretty much concluded he was an interesting man he suffered a lot for his life there was also i suppose quite big highs for him and he managed to make a success of his life no matter how bad it was he was one that was interesting to research and taught me a lot about just in generally using multiple different sources really making evidence behind each uh, sort of parent sibling whatever and there's still lots of unanswered questions and a lot to go to find out more about uh, william dale but he certainly is probably, if I'm allowed to say this, one of my favourite ancestors. Thank you, George, for telling us the story of your ancestor. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. If you have a story you would like to share, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We are always looking for more stories to share. Their Voices podcast is a proud member of the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. Find out more about the network, today's guest, and also your host in the show notes below. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at their voices underscore pod. Thanks again for listening.